0: Hello and welcome to The Reboot Podcast. My name is Dr. Beth Gracie. I am a pharmacist. I am a certified health, nutrition, and fitness coach, and I look to help you feed what's hungry mind, body, and belly. In this podcast, we are going to examine things that are physical and mental health in nature. We're going to look at all the things that support the goals that you have for your individual body and find simple solutions that work within your lifestyle. I look forward to getting to know you and welcome to the podcast. Hello my friends, welcome back to this episode of the Reboot Podcast. I am Dr. Beth Gracie and today I'm going to talk about something that's kind of controversial and popular and I'm going to give you all of my holistic and pharmacist opinions all at the same time. So giddy up because we are going to talk about weight loss drugs. Specifically, we're going to talk about weight loss injections. So the GLP-1 agonists like Ozempic, like Wagovi, like Saxenda. Um, there's tons of them that are on the market. That semaglutide, um, sometimes you'll see that in different weight loss clinics. Um, there's some compounding that's going on, and you know, these medications really became popular, you know, in the last in the last year, year and a half. Um, so, like late 2022, early 2023, um, we really started to see. These grow and grow and grow in popularity. Um, whether or not that had to do with, like, you know, the beginning of the year and New Year, New Me, and all of that, but there started to be this this growing, growing popularity and this growing desire to have these GLP one agonist injections. And the reason why is that they work really well. They work really well for losing weight and you know, if you have ever tried to lose weight, it is really hard. (laughs) It's really hard to lose weight. And, you know, I am no, you know, I'm no exception to this. You know, I've had a couple of times in my life where I've had, you know, over a hundred pound weight fluctuations and it's not pleasant. It's not comfortable. It's, it's awful actually. (laughs) You know, there are times where you truly do get desperate for change. And there are times where you're like, for the love of God, I just need something to help me something to work. I feel like I'm working my tail off. And I don't see change. And I still don't feel good. And I still feel fat and you get in through you get into that whole spiral. And I understand that completely. I've been there. And, you know, it's an interesting place for me to look at these from, from two perspectives, you know, multiple perspectives, actually, I look at them from a human perspective, because I've been there and I know that feeling of wanting anything that is going to help and wanting just to see change finally. And having that absolute pull of, I don't care what it is. I just want something to help me. And I understand that I've done that. I ate freaking grapefruit every single meal for like, four days and that's all I could stomach. (laughs) I've done all the things. I've done keto, I've done Weight Watchers, I've done Adkins, I've done that Dagon grapefruit diet. Like I've I've done some weird things in in that quest to just feel better, to just lose weight, to just see some freaking change for once. And so I understand that. So when there is this like dangly carrot in front of you that feels too good to be true and feels easy, right? all I have to do is just inject myself with this thing once a week and you're telling me I can drop weight? Okay, sign me up. And that's what happened, right? Because not only was it the stangly carrot, people were truly losing a lot of weight, a lot, up to like 25% of their, their scale weight. And I say scale weight on purpose here because this is where I really want to kind of focus Because scale weight is very different than body fat composition. Scale weight is not the same as fat loss. So if you have a scale weight of, you know, two hundred pounds, and you drop twenty five percent of your scale weight, you're at one hundred seventy five pounds. Cool, right? Well, here's the here's the thing: is that people are not dropping scale weight as fat. Anytime you have a rapid weight loss, anytime you have weight loss at all, there's always a little bit of muscle wasting that happens. So your body is not very specific all the time about you know what it's going to burn. And you know, for I see it a lot with like bariatric surgeries, where you know when you've got this big rapid weight loss, you do lose fat, but you also lose muscle. And the concern that is coming up now that we're starting to get some longer term data um, with these GLP ones is that the rate of fat loss versus the, the rate of muscle degradation is almost equal. And so that becomes very concerning for me, especially when I work with, you know, when I work with women where, you know, once we start, once we start getting through some hormonal changes where our estrogen starts to go down, when our estrogen goes down, that's our, that's our anabolic hormone. That's the hormone that allows us to build and keep our muscle. So when our estrogen goes down and we already struggle to be able to keep the muscle mass that we have if we add on something like this that degrades that muscle even faster that is scary to me it's scary to me for a couple of reasons one it's because we then get fatter we get we lose weight we lose scale weight but we actually get fatter. and that's something that's called sarcopenic obesity. And you'll see this a lot in like nursing homes where you see you know people who are large, but they are weak. And so if we already are at risk for muscle degradation just from our physiology alone, if we already have fall risks because our bone density can go down, when we already are at risk for poor balance and hip fractures and all of these things, If we add something on during the time of our life when we're already struggling with that, that is a big concern to me. And so I have this kind of wrestle between where do we go from here? Is this the right thing for this patient? Is this the right thing for this particular client? What are the goals that they have for themselves? How far do they go? And you know, is it a short-term or long-term tool? What other things are going on in their bodies that prohibit them from losing weight in the first place? And that's a thing that I, you know, I take into consideration when I'm having these discussion these discussions with women about should I start this? Is this the right thing for me? Should I consider this? Can this help me? So that's one of those concerns is you know, where where are you within that that hormonal time period of your life? Do you have Any other things that are going on in your body? Do you have inflammatory issues? Do you have hormonal issues? Do you have PCOS? Do you have endometriosis? Do you have period pain? Do you have IBS? Do you have constipation? I'm going to come back to that one. Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have diabetes? Do you have high cholesterol? What are these other things, if any, that are contributing negatively to your health now that would point that needle to, yes, I need more rapid help and I need it now. Is it that or is it, I really am just stuck in this weight loss. I need something to show me that I can. How do we do those things? How do we sift those things out? So it's always a risk benefit thing. So that's what I look at is, you know, what is actually going on in your body? What do you want? (laughs) That's the bigger thing. You know, what do you actually want? How do you want to feel? and how do we get there? So do you have other risk factors? Do you have heart disease? Do you already have diabetes? Do you have something else that is negatively contributing to your health now that would lead us to go down one route versus the other? So let's talk side effects with these, because they do not come, they, they come at a cost. <laughs> they come at a cost for a lot of different reasons, um, monetarily, absolutely. You know, average cost per month for these drugs is like fifteen to seventeen hundred dollars. And you know, there are people who pay out of pocket for that. Um, you know, some insurance companies are covering them. Some insurance companies now I'm starting to see where they won't. Um, they're starting to not cover them without one of those other risk factors like high cholesterol or diabetes or blood pressure or something like that. So there there is cost involved here. The other thing is that. You know the cost to our bodies anytime we put something in our bodies positive or negative things happen there are always positive and negative consequences to every single thing that we put into our bodies and without getting super scientific about the mechanism of this you know they work in two ways they work to change your the insulin sensitivity they work to change how your how your body is actually processing your carbohydrates but they also slow down your gastric motility And so when I say that, I mean, it's the speed at which you eat something and then you poop. (laughs) So it's how long it takes your body to be able to push whatever food all the way through your system. And this becomes concerning to me because a lot of the women that I work with have a level of constipation already. And so whether that's due to stress, you know, IBS, there's, there's a lot of different things. Diabetes is one that already Can cause a level of gastroparesis, which is a slowing down of that gastric motility. So, when these medicines slow that down even further, one, you feel like garbage. (laughs) You can get bloated, you get severely constipated. And if you can't get, if nothing can come out, it's really hard to put anything in. And so, people do tend to not be hungry at all because they can't poop. (laughs) There's no space. And so, if there's no room for it to go, then Nausea and vomiting becomes a problem. And the other thing is that if it's not actually getting digested and pushed through, what do you think is happening for absorption? It's not great. It's not great at all. So now we've got some nutrient deficiencies that are happening, both because just the sheer volume of food can't go in your body and you're not absorbing it as well. There are risks and there have been instances of people with bowel infections. There have been instances where people have needed bowel surgery um, because they just can't they just can't go. Um, And the other thing that I think of here, you know, as, you know, if you followed me for a while, I talk quite a bit about, you know, perimenopausal and menopausal health and nutrition. And one of the things, the, the physical needs that is worthwhile to really pay attention to is the amount of protein that we need during this period of our lives. And that amount of protein goes up. It goes up the older we get because of the reasons I was talking about with that With how our estrogen goes down, and so our muscle mass goes down. We have to have those protein building blocks to even keep it there. That's what keeps us safe. That's what helps keep our balance. That's what helps protect us if we do fall. That's what helps us get back up off of the floor. And so, if we don't have enough of those building blocks, when we are already at risk for that muscle degradation, it's going to go even faster. So, that becomes a concern. So, when I work with women who who decide that this is the right choice and this is where we want to go, we really do have to pay attention to, you know, what goes on their plates. Because protein takes a long time to digest. It really, it's the longest. It takes the longest to digest and go through your system as it is. So if we've got something that's kind of halting that that process, that can really not feel good. And so it can become a rate-limiting step. And something that really does, that it, impact, it impacts that quality of life. And so that's a big conversation to have with yourself, to have with me, to have with your your healthcare practitioner about, you know, what are the goals that you have and how is this going to impact, benefit, or limit the quality of life that you're looking for, for yourself? So those are huge considerations that I look at with, you know, what is the protein that we can actually get into your body? And then especially what is the level of movement That you can still have and still have safely because if you aren't able to eat as much your calories are going to go way down, right? So your energy requirement stays the same, but the ability for you to actually meet that with with nutrients and with food changes. And so we have to be very cautious about that so that you are not well nourished, so that you're not, you know, peeling over at your desk at two o'clock because you're so daggone tired you can't even move or think. And so those are the kinds of things that, you know, when I'm working with women who are on these medications, we look at, you know, what what actually makes you feel good? How can we get more protein in you? How can we make sure that you've got you know, enough of your veggies? Are we getting enough fiber? And then really, what are the symptoms that you're having? Is it impacting your digestion? So is that a place where we look at, you know, different supplements rather than coming from food? Is that a place where we're looking at some shakes rather than having, you know, chewed food, which sounds kind of weird, but <laughs> shakes shakes and soups are a really easy way because your body doesn't have to work as hard that we can extract some of those nutrients and be able to, you know, give you the best the best option while you're going through, you know, whatever this whatever this time period is. And you know, the other thing with with these medications is they really are marketed for forever usage. And I inherently have a hard time <laughs> with that. Um, and they and they have that because the way that obesity is viewed, it's viewed as a disease that has no cure. And I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> Plain and simple. I don't agree with that. You know, there are, there are reasons why we are where we are. There are physical reasons. There are chemical reasons. There are emotional reasons. There are habit reasons. None of us is born obese. None of us. It is There are genetic components. There are up and down regulators. There are a million different things that do contribute to obesity. However, it is completely reversible. It may take different strategies. It takes lots of different tools, but it is completely reversible, as are things like high blood pressure, as are things like diabetes type 2. <laughs> you know, we've got all of these different tools. And semaglutide and the other GLP1 agonists, they are tools. And when we can use them and use them appropriately in the right people, there are fantastic outcomes. But there are also really scary ones. And that's where. That's where I come in. That's where you know, I do get very passionate about making sure that what we're doing makes sense, that we're, lo- that we're looking at that short-term and that long-term benefit so that that cost isn't too much. And that is a thing that I can't decide for you. It is a thing that you can decide. And it's a thing that, you know, I'm always going to encourage you to continue to look at as your body changes, as your goals change, as you start to feel impacts, positive, negative, you know, where do you go from here? And, you know, I, I like to think about, I like to think about this question. You know, mostly, you know, the first time that I ever speak to someone when we have a consult, you know, I I always, you know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? You know, tell me what it is that you want to see. And they answer the question. And very often my next question will be, and then what? And it's a stumper. It's a stumper for a lot of them because we've got this thing and we're looking at this like, you know, finish line flag. And so what do you do if you lose this 15 pounds? What do you do at the end of that? do you just like curl up like a hedgehog and now you're done and you never do anything else for the rest of your life? No, we've got the whole rest of our lives to do amazing things. And so I think about that with with drugs like this is okay, everybody who's going on one of these medications has a weight loss goal. Cool. What is that weight loss goal for you? What happens when you meet it? And so that's the place where We really have to look at that. So is this a thing that I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Is this a thing that I even can afford to be doing for the rest of my life? Do I want to? Do I feel good? And are those short-term, long-term consequences and benefits, You know, how do those fit in with the marathon that truly is the rest of our lives? So there's a ton of things to consider. Uh, This is one of my favorite things to talk about. It's one of my favorite things to combine that that place of education, that place of teaching, that place of, you know, emotional consideration. It, it, I get to wear all my hats here. Uh, So I get really excited about all of that opportunity. And it is a place where I found, you know, that I really do have a lot of impact, which is really valuable to me too, because I get to see changes. I get to see people really start to, you know, observe what's happening in their bodies and observe what sorts of changes are actually serving them. And, you know, when we look and we're like, okay, well, there's this habit, this habit, this habit. And, you know, some of the things that I see with, with these medications are, you know, going out to eat and they're like, no, I didn't actually finish my whole plate this time where typically I would have just kept going. Right. And so it gives successes in these different ways that maybe didn't take quite as much energy as if you were just trying to work on portion alone. Right. So they can really kind of decrease that bandwidth of that total focus on all of the things, all of the time, but you can bring the attention to those things. So as you start to see the successes and as you start to see, oh my gosh, I can do this. I totally can go out to the restaurant and not eat the entire plate of fries just because it's sitting in front of me, win. I know that I can pay attention and prioritize making sure that I've got some protein and some veggie on my plate and feel satisfied at the end of that and not eat something and feel bad, win. So, we start to accumulate those things. And then, once you have those wins, once you build those habits, you can start to then apply those without that extra support of those medications. And so, it's a really cool place of empowerment to use that tool if it is the right tool for you. So, there are some risk factors. You know, I mentioned the constipation risk. There are some other things that are well, not appropriate for that person. Definite conversations with with your with that ah, with your healthcare practitioners, um, also conversations that I can have with you as well. So as always, the show notes gives you all of my contact information. If that's a thing conversation that you would like to have, um, I have thirty minute consultations. You can schedule one of those. We can talk through those things. Um, also, one of the the more common topics when I do a health reboot call, which is a 90 minute call where I get kind of a health history and we talk through all the things pretty in depth, And then you leave that with a plan of what to do next. So, you know, I've had several calls where we talk about, you know, just this and, you know, kind of creating that plan of, you know, where you came from, where you want to go and then how we get there. So I'm sure, I'm sure this topic will come up all over the place. I'm Constantly seeing advertisements all over social media. Um, lots of different, you know, social media groups that I'm in are always asking about questions. Always asking about, you know, supply demand. You know, that becomes a big factor too. So, what if you start this and you can't actually get the drug anymore? So, how do you continue on that journey if you don't have this tool now, right? So, I see all of these different things, and it is—it's a hard topic. It's a controversial topic, and. That's why I think it's important um, to continue to talk, continue to share, continue to normalize these concerns, um, and then have a space to be able to sift those through, you know, with someone who, you know, someone who comes at it from a multifaceted way. And that's really how I look at this is I look at you as a person. I look at you as an entire person that has physical needs, emotional needs, movement needs, lifestyle needs, you know, it's it's not the right choice for everyone. You know, just as you know, CrossFit isn't the right choice for everyone. There are always benefits and risks, but it has to be able to fit into your world. It has to be able to actually benefit and give you a quality of life that you desire. If it's something you dread and you feel like crap, you're not gonna want to stick with it. It doesn't matter what it is. And so I look at this in that same way as, you know, what is what's the outcome that we're looking for? And what are the tools that I have in my in my toolbox that can help me get there? We don't build a house with a screwdriver alone. We have a whole different array. And so as much as I don't love drugs for weight loss, I wish that wasn't a thing, but it is a thing. It is a thing. And so my role isn't to judge whether or not you wanna use that thing. My role is to help you decide if that is the right thing for you and to be able to help you to do that in a safe and effective manner. Lots of food for thought for you guys today. Thank you so much again for spending some of your day with me and I will see you right back here next time. Bye friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Reboot Podcast. For more nutrition, hormone, autoimmune, and fitness support, click on the links in the show notes to learn how you can work with me and learn one-on-one. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please subscribe and share with others just like you who could benefit from this type of support. I appreciate you and thank you so very much for spending some of your valuable time with me today. See you next time.